Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Joey Beltron, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Hello, thanks for having me in. Yeah, man, I guess we should start with uh, you and I connected through Rich Dalton. How do you know Rich? Oh, I know Rich. Uh, man, he was on the original MMA team that I joined up with. Um, is North County Fight Club. Uh, and uh, we had some great fighters on there, such as myself, Rich, um, Jason Lambert, Eddie Sanchez were like the big like UFC vets, UFC, active UFC guys back when I joined. Um, so it was really, it was a really good squad. Yeah, that's that's uh that's awesome. I read your Wikipedia. Um I I guess the first question I have for you is how did how did fighting become a thing for you? Well, I mean, I always wanted to fight. Um well, the dream began when I was a little kid. Um <clears throat> my uncle took me to see wrestling and I saw um Andre the Giant versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the main event at the San Diego Sports Arena. And, you know, back then, I was five years old, so I thought, I thought it was real fighting, of course. And and uh, and so I, I remember, like, I wanted, that's what I want to do. I want to be a real, I want to fight in, like, arenas in front of people. Like, that's just was always the dream. And then... Um, you know, later on, I found out obviously that it was fake, and then, um, but then I fell in love with boxing. Um, uh, growing up, you know, Julio Cesar, Julio Cesar Chavez fights were just like, you know, community community events. Like, I remember like the entire apartment complex would congregate in the center, and somebody, some way somehow, there would be a TV. Whoever ordered it. There'd be a TV in the middle, and it was just like all the kids would play all day, and then and line up around the TV to watch Chavez fight. And and that's that's just how it was growing up. It was it was, it was awesome. Yeah, you're born in uh, California, but you're you're Mexican American. Yes, Mex- Mexican descent. And I and I know that about you, Joey, because your nickname. You t- tell me where your nickname came from. Man, I uh, one person, one person only gets credit for that is uh, Eddie Sanchez, formerly Eddie Dirty Sanchez, and then he had to change his name to the Manic Hispanic. But whatever, um, Eddie Eddie Sanchez, UFC veteran. Um, one day we were, I was about my second second or third fight in, and he just looked at me. and He's like, "You're the executioner," and I was like. I like it. I like it. And we just, I went out, won the, won the next fight and it had it announced and it just stuck. I'm a, like I'm, su- I'm surprised nobody had that nickname before you. I know. I was like, I think there was, there was like, um, like a lighter weight guy, like I from Oklahoma. And, and, and in my mind, I was like, well, whoever Bruce, whoever gets it announced by Bruce Buffer first gets to keep it. <laughs> I, I I won the race on that. <laughs> I, yeah, it sounds like you won it fair and square. Yes. All right. So, uh, as a Mexican American and, and having read your Wikipedia, you got into the fight game 
<laughs> as a kid in boxing. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I remember it, it took a while of me, like, crying and begging my mom to let me go because um, a lot of the older kids, once again, in, the, in that apartment complex would, would go and train um, at this guy. Uh, his name was Frank's. They, just, they were just like, we're going to Frank's. We're going to Frank's to train. Like, yeah, I want to go to Frank's house. Like, what the hell? And Frank uh, was a, a gentleman by the name of Frank Serino who uh, has an organization the, the, it's called Join Hands Save a Life Foundation. And it's a community, it's a, basically a community boxing program to help keep the kids out off the streets and out of gangs. And, and, and uh, yeah, man, he's been doing it for forever since I was a little kid. And um, so that that's where I went. I went to Frank's. When, literally, like, the day, a day or two after I turned 10, my mom finally let me go. And, uh, man, I just fell in love with it. I just, I just really did. I just really, like, enjoyed, like, the, just the one-on-one aspect, the, like, the combat, like, getting punched in the face. Like, it wasn't, like, scary to me or anything. And, and oftentimes... Because I was so big, like, I would always have to spar, like, older guys or, or grown-ups. Like, it was like, when I was 10, I was sparring 15-year-olds. When I was 15, I was sparring grown-ups. And that's just how it was for me, just because of how big I was. Oh. And I think it really, really uh, helped out in my development and uh, my toughness and my, and my hard head uh, for my later on in career. We, you're six one, so when you say you're you're big, I mean six one's pretty tall. But were, were you like what two fifty plus? Oh, and yeah, and like uh, in seventh grade, I was like two hundred, and then like yeah, by by the time I graduated high school, I was like two seventy five, two eighty. Oh my god! Yeah, I I got I got real big like afterwards like. It's like I was definitely like chubby. Don't get me wrong, but I I always worked out. I always lifted weights. I always had like twenty four hour fitness membership. So I always like loved lifting weights. You know, I just wasn't. I just ate like shit. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I remember when I first went into MMA, I was like three hundred and ten pounds, and my first fight was at super heavyweight. I weighed two eighty five. That's a lot of weight to carry for a six-one guy, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, so it, you fighting older people when you're you're fighting fifteen-year-olds when you're ten, you're fighting adults when you're fifteen. That had to be good for you, uh, picking up your skill set and, and refining your skill set. Sounds like it, anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it definitely helped with uh, just getting over like a lot of the mental blocks, a lot of, like, uh, even now, like, I, I have to remind myself, like, with, with me, with, with my coaching now, with, like, kids and stuff, or uh, I call them kids, but they're, like, 17, 18, 19, 20. So, kids to me. I'm teaching, I'm training these young people, and I have to remind myself, like, they didn't grow up like you, Joey. Like, it's okay. Like, go easy. Like, go a little easy on them. I'm like, like, I had this one guy, he's like, because the guy was like 6'3 and had muscles. He's like, oh, 
are you sure it's his first fight? I was like, yeah, it's his first fight. The coach wouldn't lie to me. Like, it's his first fight. Why you say that? Well, he looks like he has skills. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It looks like he has skills. Like, no, man. Like, what somebody looks like has nothing to do with what they can do in the ring. You know, I, mean? I was unfortunately, you're going to learn that the hard way. And uh, so it's like, all that being said, long-winded answer. Like, yeah, man, it definitely really helped. Like, I was I was definitely afraid at first. It's not like I walked in on break, but uh, it definitely helped with, like, yeah, man, it's like how somebody looks or how old they are or, or even how big they are really doesn't matter. It does not. It's what skills they have. It's what they can do with their hands, you know. So you, you've been punched in the face more times than the average person. How many punches, <laughs> how many punches to the face did it take before it, it didn't bother you at all? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it, it's like there's only been a few that, that really, like, for lack of a better, like, bothered me over the years, you know. It's, like, funny because, like, the ones that knock you out, you don't feel anyways. And mm. if you get hit, you get dropped. It's, like, for me, every every time I've been dropped in a fight, I, I get pissed i'm like oh my god because i'm so aware i'm 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 here i'm here on the, i'm i'm here on earth so i get mad i get up as fast as possible and try to get try to get it back you know when you get knocked out it's like you know you're not here you go to another dimension you go to the you go to the shadow realm as they say so it's like oh well what can you do you wake up it's more like ah oh, fuck like every time I've been knocked out, I wake up and I see the doctors around me checking on me. I'm like, ah, dang it, really, god dang. And it's like, you know, time to get up. Well, I, I watched uh, your fight against uh, Stipe, and uh, the announcers and I were amazed at how well you you take a punch. It's unbelievable. And what did you say to me when I talked to you a couple, two or three weeks ago? What did you say to me? You remember? You you said, yeah, I have a good, I have a really good chin until I don't. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it, like, yeah, it helps. It helps, but then at the end of the day, when it wears off, it wears off. There's no real like warning label, <laughs> you know, or or like an internal time clock to that. It's just kind of, it's all good until it's not. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So when you fight, would would you say boxing is your best strength, your best skill set? Because you've, you've um, trained jujitsu, you've trained uh, wrestling, but boxing is really where you started. Is is boxing the dominant style for you? Um, if it's an MMA fight, I would say more so Muay Thai. Okay. Um, but that's why it's like Muay Thai, but not like I'm uh, not like I'm out here ripping kicks, clinch, like. Dirty, like that's why I flourished in BKFC because they have a different rule set. The BKFC's rule set is not is different from is different from BYB. It's different from Valor. It's different from BKP because they allow the clinch. Mm. So for me, that that was that was right in my wheelhouse. I love clinch fighting from Muay Thai, like the knees, the elbows, the inside dirty fighting. I, I love that. That's that's my happy place. So that's why I really feel like I was able to flourish in, you know, under the BKFC banner. 
Oh, I didn't realize you could do all of that in BKFC. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, as long as the rule is, as long as one hand is punching, they're going to let the fight go. Ah. So you can you can collar tie up, you can overhook their arm, you can underhook their arm. As long as the other hand's fucking punching, you're good to go. Nice. And and you're you have a really uh you held the championship for a while, right? Uh yeah, I, I defended it two times. I was a three-time world champion for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I believe I believe still Still to this day, I have the most title defenses of the heavyweights. I think As that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, and so yep. you were you were three ten at one point, and then you eventually made it to middleweight. Yeah. Now you fought middleweight. <laughs> yeah. Well, how that happened was is uh, I fought for the um, the two hundred five title for Bellator, and then um, unfortunately, I got my jaw broken. Hmm. And so then I had my I had my mouth wired shut for nine weeks, and so I lost a bunch of weight. I had to be on a, on a liquid diet, and and yeah. So like uh, towards the end of it, I was like walking around at like one ninety six, and so my manager was like, "Hey, you know, it's right there. Why don't Why don't we uh, see how you feel at one eighty five? So I was like, "All right, sounds good." And I went and I fought once. I beat Brian Rogers, who was a long time Bellator standout. I was like, cool. And I fought Kendall Grove. I lost to Kendall Grove. And I'm like, ah, well, I mean, if, if it's 50-50, my, I would rather eat. So I'm going back to, I'm going back to 205. And did, then, yeah, that's how that works. Did you feel like you were weaker at the lower weight? No, I mean, I always say, like, even even at 205, like, I always, like my biggest regret in, in my whole MMA career was not staying at heavyweight because it's like, it wasn't as if just because I could make 205 that I became more athletic or I became faster. It's like, no, I'm still a, I'm still a heavyweight athlete. I'm just a little, I'm just skinnier. I could make the weight. You know, so it's like, I, I, I like to compare it in, in terms of like football. It's like I was like a lineman, and now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, I'm going against linebackers. It's like a different level of athlete, you know? Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's one thing I wish I could go back. I wish I would have stayed at heavyweight. That's why when I went to bare knuckle boxing, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be a heavyweight. <laughs> I'm gonna be a heavyweight, and I didn't really really get there. Yeah, so when you were a kid, the idea was you were going to be a boxer, right? Yeah, that was the original dream, you know. That's why it's like when people are like, "Oh, are you retired?" I'm like, "Ah, maybe, maybe." I would like I would like to do one, uh, at least one traditional glove boxing fight, just because that was the, that was the original dream, and 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 that would be my third professional sport, and that'd be pretty cool. It'd be well. really cool. So, so you you've never been in a professional boxing fight? No, no, only only BKFC. So, uh, what took you off the boxing path and, and took you down the MMA path? <clears throat> um. So what had happened was is I did boxing for a long time, and then I got into rest. I got into high school. 
I basically boxed from like 10 to like 15. And then once I started wrestling, I got really, really good at, I was really good at, really good at that. And, um, and so that it took me down that way, that, and then I got hurt senior year playing football and tore my ACL. Mm. And so that, that put a damper on things. And then I, um, then after high school, I was just like, a, uh, you know, ran around, was like an idiot, ran around with the local gang and fucking did a lot of drugs, went to jail for four months. And then like, and then like was just going down the wrong path and then started cleaning up my act. And then when I was around 20, uh, 22, um, went back, went back to school and then transferred to University of Hawaii, uh, just academic, not, no playing sports or nothing, and transferred to the University of Hawaii. And then when I was out there, one day I was waiting on my bus. I looked over, and I was like, what the hell's going on that? What's going on over there? I walked over the parking lot, and it was a gym called um, the Bulls Pen. And the head coach name was Dino Fernandez. And I walked in, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what the hell is this? I watched, like, Watched the class the first day, went back, tried it out, and, and you know, he really liked me. And since, since I had boxing and wrestling experience, he fucking let me train for free because I was going to help his his heavyweights that had fights coming up. So then I really just caught the bug there, and, and I stayed just there training. And really what, what happened, uh, the paradigm shift in my brain is like, when I went to a show at the Blaisdell Arena in, in Honolulu, which is like, I would say, it's a decent size, probably like five or 6,000 people, pretty decent size arena. And to see like my friends that I was just training with on Wednesday fighting in front of thousands of people on Saturday, I was like, oh, sh- like this is real. Like this can really happen. It's not just a dream. And so when I went, I, um, I went back home, and then um, I remember I was in I was in junior college again because something happened. With my, I oh yeah, I dropped out of Hawaii. Went to went back to junior college, and so I'm like now I'm like 24. I'm like man, am I really gonna if I'm gonna do this, I have to do it right now. So I I dropped out, and I remember I told my mom, told my friends like yeah, I'm gonna go wrestle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fight. And they're like, what do you mean you're going to fight? I'm like, I'm going to be a professional fighter. And and everyone, first thing out of everyone's mind, mouth was, what about your knee? What about your knee? And I was like, well, if I'm not meant to fight, you know, then I'll get hurt. But if I am, God, God will protect me. I'll be all right. And, uh, you know, so that's just the mindset I had. I just went all in. And I remember I wrote down all my goals and everything and, my plan for how, what was gonna happen, and I I remember I, I gave myself three years. I was like, if if I'm not in a big show in three years, then I'm gonna retire because I'm not gonna be one of these guys that's just fucking building up the record on King of the Cage for the rest of their life. Like I'm not gonna do that. And sure as shit, you can look it up on Sure Dog. Like I made it in the UFC a four days shy of my three year mark. Wow. Yeah. Good thing you said it three years, not like two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, hey, so, hey, 
Joey, you mentioned uh, football. What position did you play in football? Uh, center. Uh, yeah. You're obviously a bigger kid. Uh, you, you also have to be a really bright guy to play center, too. You have to know a lot about what's going on on the line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. It was funny. Like, I um, actually played a season of, of junior college ball. Like, <laughs> it was funny. I remember, like, I went and I went to one practice, the one wrestling practice. And I went and I did it, and I was like, uh, I have too much respect for the sport, and I don't really want to fucking make this my life right now. So I'm going to go play football and have fun. <laughs> so I went and played football instead. I was like, a different level. If those that know, no, it's a fucking whole different other beast to be in a college, junior college wrestling program than it is to be on a fucking junior college football team. Like, Football, you can still have fun, work hard, have fun, lift weights, drink beers, bang girls, have fun. Like wrestling is like, no, that's your fucking life. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I'm gonna go play. I'm gonna go play football instead. And then yeah, so I did that. So you mentioned uh, going to the gym would help keep you off the streets and keep uh, kids from getting into trouble. But it sounds like you ended up uh, being in a gang. Like boxing kept you off the streets until a certain point. What what was it about the lore and and if Joe if you don't want to talk about this I'm I'm fine not talking about it. Uh, but what, what what was the lore of, of the gang? Oh uh, no man I, I so I want to be very make sure secret I was not in a gang I never I didn't get jumped in or anything like that it was okay. just it was actually like uh, my old friends from elementary school that they were all jumped in. Got it. And but then like because like our life. They went this way. My life went that way. They, like, uh, it was crazy how it happened. Like, like me getting, so, like, rewind a little bit. I got, I got kicked out of school in junior high for being really, really bad for really, like, in, like, three months. I was, boom, they booted me out of there. And seventh grade, that was, like, me, me getting transferred over to another school in another city. Um <clears throat> kind of like saved me because that was like the year that everybody got jumped in and then by the time i came back in high school like they were all gone like all my friends that growing up from school going up from elementary school training boxing with they were all like on fucking this gnarly this gnarly path and then i came back and i was like oh and then i then i got into wrestling and then my life went a different way and then after, like I said, then I got hurt senior year and I wasn't able to, like, um, really pursue sports or anything like that after high school because my knee was bugging and I was hanging around local back at the same at the same old spots. I ran into my same old friends and started doing some new new things, if you get my trip, but, like, yeah. with the same old people, you know what I mean? And that's, that's how that worked out. So it's like... Yeah, I was never jumped in or anything like that, but those they're still my friends, they're still my boys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. that's how that worked. That's how that worked out. It yeah. sounds like you get getting kicked out of junior high was a really good thing for you. Yeah, man. It's crazy when I think about like how that fucking me getting kicked out and like being in so much like chaos and just like ah like all constantly yelling and my mom and everybody freaking out and 
because I, I grew up with a single a single single mother, you know, so it's just like always just being fucking just like yelling and getting yelled at and stuff thrown at me, you know, whatever. It was like, oh my god. But like really, I mean that man, that's what that I look back, that's what saved my life chronologically, that's what saved me. Yeah, that's wild, man. The the chances of uh that happening to you are pretty pretty low, right? The, the timing working out the way it did. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. Hey, uh, all right. So I, I was reading about you and you were fighting some guy. He was a, a kickboxer and he was like just crushing your leg with kicks. And he said after the fight, he couldn't believe you could withstand all of those kicks. Do you have a different threshold for pain than the average person? You have to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, as you're talking about Pat Barry, and um, I mean, honestly, adrenaline's a motherfucker because, like, that fight, I was, I was doing so well and I was so hyped in the crowd because it was a, <clears throat> it was a fight for the troop show. So those those guys, those they were the troops, man. They were going crazy. So it was so electric in that arena, so crazy that they were so hyped, and we were just scrapping, and it was like we were going back and forth, and I just had it in my mind. Every time he kicks me, I'm gonna punch him in the face five times, mm. and I just and that's the approach I had to have, and and I was doing a really good job of doing that, and we were going back and forth, and and I was winning, and he was winning, and I was winning, and he was winning, and then something happened where he poked me in the eye. And when he poked me in the eye, um, it's like stopped. The fight stopped for like a good like four or five minutes for me to recover. And that when that stopped and all the adrenaline wore off, then I oh. Oh, oh my god! Now all the pain rushed. I feel like the last minute thirty was just him whooping my ass, and then he won the fight. And like I was so mad. It's just like, man, like really, like. Who knows what happened? That I put what wouldn't have happened, but oh well. But yeah, yeah. You, you probably win the fight if that didn't happen. Sounds like definitely, no, definitely, definitely. I think I, I can. I'll go out and say that for sure. Yeah, but it, hey. but it did so well. So, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the two most well-known opponents you fought are Stipe and uh, Rampage Jackson. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Are are the are one of those guys the toughest guy you ever fought, or is it somebody else? I mean, I mean, Stipe is, 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 I mean, on paper, it's definitely the best person ever, but, like, as far as, like, I, I, I like, I was thinking about this, my, my hardest fight was having these going five fives with Tony Lopez for the King of the Cage title, like, yeah. right before I got into the UFC, like, that was so crazy, man, just, like, just like going to the like the flow, like me winning around him, him winning around me winning around him winning around, like and like the like almost getting choked out and then beating it and then dropping him and then like going by and then getting busted, getting my head busted open and like ah, it was like so many, so many like emotions through just the course of 25 minutes and like you really do learn so much about yourself. Like, what are you willing to go through? Like, how much does this shit really mean? to you and 
You know, like, and then at the end, like, it was funny. Like, at the end, they didn't even announce the cards. They just said, winner by decision, Tony Lopez. And then, like, everyone in the crowd started booing. People were, because it was a heavy Tony Lopez crowd, because it was Keely Cage, it was his show. He was a champ. People were throwing the the, the green because kryptonite. They were throwing the fucking green t-shirts in the, in the cage and stuff like that. And then all of his wife, his wife came up to me. And before that, like, me and Tony were talking sh- mad shit. Like, this is funny. This is, like, back in the day on MySpace. We're talking <laughs> mad shit. And, like, and, and, and I remember, like, I remember I said, tell your fucking wife to shut her mouth and keep her nose out of her goddamn business. Like, it was nasty. And so then when his wife came up to me after the, after the, after the fight, and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this happened. We'll get, you'll get your rematch. You'll get your rematch. And then I was like, you know what? Honestly, man, I'm sorry that I ever disrespected you like that. Don't worry about it, man. It's all good. Shit happens. And then I, I walked away. And like, so it's like, that was crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy fight. Yeah. J- judging uh, in boxing and in uh, MMA, it's, it's highly subjective, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, yeah, so you, like, it doesn't surprise me what happened this past weekend at all. <laughs> in, 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 with Fury. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually didn't see who won that fight. Who won it? Uh, Tyson Fury won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a boxing match, right? Correct. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you've you've taken what, what's the most powerful punch to to throw? Is it a hook? Undercut or uppercut? I, I mean, it really, I mean. It really all depends, like, who throws it and, and the situation. I would probably say, like, I'm sure there's been a lot, but, like, the one that sticks out of my head was Sergey Karatanov's uppercut in Russia. Like, boom, he got hit me with that. I remember, like, in my head, I was just, grab him, grab him, grab him. I just held on, clinched, and I was like, oh, my God. And then went back to fighting, but, like, it's what's funny is I can't remember who, but I definitely feel there's been multiple times in my career where I've been hit and grab, grab in my head, grab, grab. Yeah, well, so he, the reason he, I asked, go ahead. Yeah, he's definitely one I remember. His uppercut. Yeah, so let's let's go with uppercut. Uh, you've taken punches with gloves, boxing gloves on, and bare knuckle. How much more? <laughs> How, how much more damaging is the bare knuckle punch rel- relative to uh, a gloved punch? I mean, I, I always say the biggest, like, as far as pain or the impact, it's the same. To mm. me, at least, it's, it's the same. The difference is, is in bare knuckle, you get hit, boom, and then you step back, and, and you'll start, you'll feel like the blood start coming down. You're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, damn it. I'm split. You'll feel on the side. You you'll feel like the the cold. I I always remember like the first uh, the first fight with Tony Lopez of all people, and he cracked his thing right here and it split split open, and I stepped back and I felt like you feel the wind. The wind feels different on your skin than it does on your 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 flesh, your inside flesh. It feels different on your inside meat than it does on your skin, and 
that's how I knew. I was like, ah, damn it, I'm busted open. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing is that like you take you take a clean one and burn ugly, you're gonna get cut. Yeah, and if you get cut <laughs> above your eyes, it can affect your vision too, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Have you have you been cut above your eyes, had trouble seeing, and then came back to win the fight? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, ooh, cut me. Yeah, I was cut in Marcel Stams. I was cut like oh, right away. Um, is it this one? Let me feel. Yeah, this eyebrow. Right away, like first round with with. Uh, with uh, the hillbilly hammer, Sam Shoemaker, okay, boom, hit me with a stiff jab in, in in my title defense against him in Miami. Boom, stiff jab, bang! I felt it right away. It like burned. It like sizzled. Like it's weird for weird sensation. I thought, damn it! And then my cut man, I have to. I had the uh, the best cut man in the game working my working my corner in the bare knuckle. Uh, shout out to Cutman Vic, uh, Vic Starita, uh, Vic. Yeah, I mean he 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 kept it kept it under wraps for the next four rounds, and I went out and, and won a dominant decision. So it was all good. You've been in a lot of fights, uh, Joey. <laughs> the average fighter does not fight that many fights. Is that fair? I mean, I guess if you stick around doing something for seventeen years, you'll do a lot of it. You know. Yeah, I uh, I had what is it thirty uh, thirty four thirty four uh, MMA fights. Yeah, it was eighteen five eighteen fifteen and one. Yeah, and then uh, I was t- ten ten fights in bare knuckle. Yeah, five, four, and one. I think bare knuckle. Yeah, yeah. W- winning record in both, man. That's a that's a lot of fights. Yeah. Crazy, man. All right, what, what's your uh, what's your best punch? On mine is a is a short right a short straight right hand. But that whatever, that's from left, left foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. Or a short like a right cross like. For whatever reason, I yeah. For whatever reason, it's gotta be real close. Like I generate a lot of power from from close quarters with that right hand. I've come to find out. <laughs> is, is that natural, or did you train like that? I mean, it's just something that happens. It's natural. Just over time, I found out, and from sparring partners, and from drop drop dropping people in fights and stuff like that. Yeah, that's wild. What do you remember from the Rampage Jackson fight? I thought it was bullshit the way it ended. Also, it's like I do, I do take take responsibility. I made a mistake because those um, <clears throat> the the plan was do not exchange with them until the second round, and then the first round started going so good in my head. I was like, oh, I got this, and then we're like, boom, and I, and I hit him. I hit him with a clean right hand, bah. And then, like, we, we ended up in the middle again. And I was like, all right, okay, okay. And here he comes, here he comes. And he punt, I, I hit him with a counter, grabbed him, knee, And then 
boom, he hit me with the left. And I remember I dropped, it fell to my hands, and I heard the buzzer go off. Uh, I heard that shit and everything. I stood up. Uh, all right, fuck. That hurt. I'm okay. Walked to my corner, and then I'm sitting there, and then the doctors start coming up to me. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I looked at my corner, and, he, and it was Eric Delfiro. He's like, Joey, so relax. We can't do anything about it. Relax. Like, oh my God, what the fuck? And yeah, so they, they called it. I got dropped, fell to my hands, not on my face, fell to my fucking fans. I was on all fours. Buzzer went off and they stopped the fight. So it's definitely upsetting, but you know, whatever, it's all good. Well, you, work really, good. you work really hard, right? For those fights and have it stop like that. That's got to be very frustrating. Yeah, you know, especially it's like, it's a big show. Like, let me go out on my shield. It's not a big deal. You know, it, it is what it is, though. It's okay. So when you go when you go into fights, let's say you go into a three-round fight, there, there's a plan for each round, and then I guess it gets adjusted depending on what happens in the prior rounds? I mean, it really depends on who the coaching is, who the coach is, how the training camp's gone, who the opponent is, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's like, I remember, like, a few a few fights I've had game plans worked great for me. Like, that that's very much how I am in my real life. It's like, if I have a system, if I work within a system, or if I have a plan, or even a fucking to-do list for the day, like, I do really good. It's like, when I'm left to, like, kind of run amok and do my own thing, then I'm like, ah, well, I might end up in some dark corner somewhere. You know, but it's like, if I have a list, if I have a fucking game plan, I'm good. Um, so it's like, uh, I remember being like at Alliance, and and my coach telling me he's like, this this fight's per this opponent's perfect for you. You just gotta go out there and beat Joey. Just beat Joey, and you'll smash. And and in my head, I'm like, oh no, like what? No, what does that mean? Like I I. I suck. Like, what do you mean, be Joey? Like, I didn't, I didn't have a plan. Joey's not even good. Like, I didn't have a plan. You know? And so much of it is, like, just, like, the mental side of things. Like, and when I was in the UFC, when I was in Bellator, like, I was just my own worst enemy in terms of, like, negative self-talk, my self-belief, my, my own limitations that, that I would put on myself. You know? And, um, just because, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know when I look back, I'm like, ah. It's like, the whole time I was in the UFC, I was like, ah, it's all right. I'm probably going to get cut next fight. It's like, three years later, ah, well, I don't know. I'm probably going to get cut next fight. Who cares? It was like, so silly. And so then, um, fast forward to when I was in the bare knuckle, um, I had a mental coach. Mm. And fuck, man, like, it wasn't like I got old. As I got older, I got I got faster or stronger. Like no man, I just had my mind on straight, so that's why I was able to win a world title and defend it three, two times. You know, it's like so. It's like <clears throat> you know, shout out mental sensei, my man Caleb. Man, he really just has had me on point with like just you know making making plan making a game plan, you know, myself, you know, and not only for the fight, but for the training camp and, and everything, like, and being very diligent about sticking to the game plan throughout. And 
you know, I'm not a big visualizer, like visual visualization, stuff like that. Like, but I, what I'm a believer in is like when you take pen to paper, like magic shit can happen. So it's like I would take and like script out my fights, like how I want it to happen. I would script, like write out like going through negative, uh, bad situations or getting cut and and battling back and do all this stuff. Boom, boom, boom. And I remember the first the first fight that I did under that system and like it was like fake low, fake low, shoot the overhand right. I was like, and in the in the middle of the ring, I was like, oh shit, I've seen this before, I've seen this before, and. I went fake, fake, boom, hit him with the overhand right, and then rushed him and dropped him. And I was like, man, this worked. <laughs> this stuff works. And I was a firm believer after that, you know, in the whole like mental approach and mental preparation of, of fighting. Nice. Uh, so I meant to talk about your childhood a little bit more. Where'd you grow up? Carlsbad, California. And you were born in Oceanside, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the next town over. Yeah. So, what was it like growing up in Carlsbad? Like when you were like it nine, was, ten, eleven. Oh, I mean, it was cool. I I really liked it a lot. Like, um, it was like, uh, it was like, <clears throat> it was funny. It was like, it was one or two things. Like, you're either like rich and white and lived up on the top of the hills, or you're like, uh, not so rich and <laughs> not so white and lived down at the bottom. Uh, but it was like, it was really cool, man. I really, I really, really, I loved the neighborhood that I grew up in and um, the people that I grew up with, stuff like that. You know, like it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun growing up. Uh, like, we definitely, we got into trouble and stuff like that, but nothing too crazy. There were definitely kids that were doing crazy stuff, and it was like I, I looked at it like this, like. <clears throat> You could find whatever level of craziness or whatever level of trouble you wanted to find, you could definitely find it in Carlsbad. You definitely could. But it was like up to you. It's like, yeah, I don't want to go that far. I'm going to stay down here and, and, and stay on this lane and hang out with these people and do this stuff. Still going to have fun. You know, still going to push the envelope a little bit, but I'm not going to shoot heroin. So I'm not going to go around those people. But there's definitely those people around for sure. Did you, you grew up near the water, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's right there by the beach. We're right by the beach, yeah, for sure. Did you do anything like surfing? No, I wasn't that. <laughs> There's definitely surfers in there in our area, you know. But I definitely, I never. I've surfed twice in my life. I stood up on the board two times, you know. But yeah, I liked going to the beach. You know what, what did it for me is I went to the beach one time. We would always go, and um. And one time I almost drowned, mm. so that really that really fucking scared me. And and I remember like I got pulled out by like a rip current, and um, I remember I was at first I was like I'm oh, I'm okay I'm okay I'm okay, and then it was I felt like it was dragging me all out, and like I stopped there was no one around, and I started freaking out like screaming and crying, screaming and crying, pow pow pow, there was fucking nobody around. And I remember just like thinking, like, "Fuck, man! <laughs> like, this is it. This is it." Um, and then like, I'm telling you, I was out there screaming, probably screaming, crying, probably like a good 10, 15 minutes. 
Mm. And then I, and then I don't know where like somebody showed up on the surfboard. He's like, "Hey, you need help?" I was like, "Yeah, uh, yes, please." And they put me on the board and took my ass in. Like, whether or not that was an angel or whether or not I just didn't see the person, but he came out of. I know I was out there for a long ass time, screaming and crying by myself, and then he came up out of nowhere and, and rescued me. So, shout out to that guy, whoever he was. <laughs> How old were you then? Nine. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's another that's like we would go to the beach. That was so funny. When I think back now how it was, like there'd be like a pack of us, like six or seven of us, like eight, nine years old. And as long as we had one older brother who's like fifteen, they were good. They were then it's like the the parents would allow it. And now I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Like, no. I would never allow that to happen, but it's all good. Yeah, wow. All right, so you you want to do one more match, right? Boxing. Yeah, one more yeah. What? So, what do you have to put? What What has to be done to put put a match together like that? You need a promoter. You need a manager. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I I have I have a couple of feelers out there. Um. Yeah. A couple, a couple, a couple possibilities that could be working out. Um, you know, it might be one more bare knuckle dance in me. We'll see, but I mean, really, like, really, like, for my own personal goals, it's like, it's it's about checking off a bucket list item and doing a doing a boxing match. That takes precedence over doing a bare knuckle fight and getting a little more money. Yeah, but. I would rather do a glove boxing match for sure. Yeah, ten year old Joey wants you to do that match too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so what do you do these days? You mentioned that you you're coaching kids and um is it boxing that you're coaching? Uh uh MMA I, MMA and Muay Thai predominantly. Okay. Is that how you spend most of your time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm at the uh the gym is called the compound, it's in Oceanside. And uh, my longtime friend, former training partner, uh, Sean Lawler is the owner of that, and he runs it. And I'm his assistant head coach, and we just run it, run it, and have a good time. Yeah. So you enjoy what you do? Absolutely, absolutely. It's funny. It's like, I mean, I guess I could get a normal job. But I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, I just hang out in the gym and just. And what's funny is that I've had a couple times over the last 17 years of the fight career, like thinking maybe I want to do a normal job and going and trying other things. Like I remember I sold furniture for a year at more furniture and wore the suit and tie and everything. I did that and I was pretty successful, but I was like, nah, F that. And then I worked for a Peloton was a field specialist so we'd go and set it up and do the whole demonstration in people's houses uh, for like the bikes and in the pellet and the treadmills and stuff like that i was like nah i'd rather teach so yeah but like the teaching i'm sorry the sales aspect helped me with the with the with the training as far as like following up with people getting uh one-on-one -on -one clients and and personal clients that's really where the you know the money's at so you know, you gotta have a little a little hustle behind your game. Yes, sales experience definitely helps uh, future endeavors and in, in life generally. I think. 
Um, yeah. So I, I thought I saw something the other day that said roughly one in four people really enjoy what they do for a living, and the other three can't stand what they're doing. <laughs> so you're in yeah. the world. Yeah, man. I, I definitely agree. Hey, I uh, definitely, I've, def I've definitely been on both sides of that aspect, though. Yeah, I've only been on the three out of four side. <laughs> uh, so I, Wikipedia says you're married to a fighter. Is that right? Uh, no, 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 I was. You were, okay. I was, yeah. That didn't work out. <laughs> it's all good. Are you married yeah, now? What, what one would think that, oh, two fighters will be perfect. You'll get along. Like, nah, <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. Are you but married now? Good. No, no, sir. All right, right on. Kids? No. Nope. All right, right on. Uh, so oh, have you God. ever lived any, anywhere besides California, Joey? Uh, can you see me or hear me? Yeah, you're good on both. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've lived in, in Hawaii. I've lived in New Jersey. And I lived in Miami and Virginia. Well, let's explore each one of those. Uh, my wife's from Jersey. How did you end up in Jersey? Um, so back then, um, I was dating this girl, and she's like, and I was, uh, that was when I was going through my rough phase, and and uh, she's like, well, you're not doing anything good here. You can always come to Jersey. I'm gonna move. I'm moving to New York. And you can move out to New Jersey and get a job. My, uh, my, my dad can give you a job at his old dealership. I was like, ah, oh, that sounds like an adventure. And I went out there, and, and then I, um, yeah, I sold cars in New Jersey for a year and fucking, and just lived it up and lived with a bunch of college kids at Monmouth University. Yeah, uh, Jersey, Jersey's very different than Carlsbad, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Miami? What took you there? Miami, I was, um, I had my coach, uh, at the time, uh, his name was Jason Ing Watson. He's a really good coach of mine. And, um, and yeah, he just invited me out there and it was supposed to be just for a six week training camp. And then it just ended up turning into a year. <laughs> A year living out there, I got an apartment, and then yeah, it's pretty cool. That that was it was I like Miami because it has really really heavy um, Latino influence. Like it's like yeah, it's pretty cool. I liked it. I liked it. It, it reminded me like of uh, Chula Vista, like Chula Vista vibe, like how Chula Vista down here. Chula Vista is a city right by the border in, in San Diego. Um, that's how my hat's how it reminded me. It was like almost like sometimes you would think like you were in a foreign country, which is pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of people refer to Miami as Little Cuba. Yeah, 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 for sure. Definitely. All right. I, I'm going to guess what part of Virginia you lived in, uh, given other places you've lived. Were you at Virginia Beach? No, no. I lived in Bedford, Virginia. Bedford? Yeah. Joey, that's, as you know, is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I know. Well, I what, know. What took you to Bedford? Oh, my ex-wife did. Ah, uh, is she from there? Yeah. That's where she's from. That's her hood. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's just mount. It's mountains, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Smith Mountain League and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. So, Joey, over your your career, and I know you you've you had a mental coach. I'm talking about the the actual uh, MMA coaches and bare knuckle coaches. How many total coaches have you had in your career? Oh, I don't know, ten maybe. Who was who was your who was your favorite and why? Um, oh man, that's a good question. Um, I think the per- the one that had the most effect, like on my current game, like on my game, like if I were to step on the mats or anything right now, is is definitely Jimmy Harbison. Uh, he was a he was a jujitsu coach, and and so it's like uh, my knees. I, as I remember, I, I told you back back in my story, I tore my ACL in high school. A little before that, I tore my left ACL when I was a freshman. So I got into fighting with blown out knees. Like there is just it was just you know my story. <laughs> and so my knees didn't bend for shit. Like literally hardly past the 90 degree bend. They were already bone on bone, arthritic like a motherfucker by the time I started fighting. So then I got into fighting and I'm over there and still doing my thing. And, and I met Jimmy and he was our jujitsu instructor uh, at Alliance for a little bit. And, and he, he helped me. And rather than try to be on my knees and, and like, for instance, like inside control. Well, inside control, most people just get their knees right up to the person's body, like in the armpit or in the hip and sit their butt on their heels. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You get, you get the picture. Well, I can't do that. So mm. I would get swept. I would get, you know, toppled over a lot. Very easy to get that. But so now we call it the walrus. So now I'm always, I'm sprawled out with my walrus tail behind me. And now we, we and then he helped me develop a whole system of guard passing from the walrus. And just always, just all, so that's, when I do jujitsu and I grapple, that's I'm always in my walrus position. That's my style, and I've developed. Like I said, it's really, really like like a sneaky, a sneaky way to just be like heavy and just like well, sneak over people's legs and pass guard. And now here I am. And I beefs up on now. And I beefs up on them. You're short and you're fucked. <laughs> it sounds like he he was uh, really good at, at uh, overcoming any limitations you have by adapting to what you could do. Yeah, exactly, man. So that's yeah. definitely, yeah. All right, so if I want to watch your, your fight, is it going to be televised or do I have to be there in person? I mean, I would imagine it's probably going to have to be like an in-person deal. Like, in, I'm trying my best to, to find a promoter uh, or uh, in California. So we'll see. All right, you know, right but, Yeah, yeah, but. Regardless of what what it is, whether it's a glove boxing match or or maybe you know something with BYB or something like that, well then everybody will know. I'll let everyone know and on my social media, they'll be able to find it. All right, nice. 
Well, Joey, I appreciate you doing this, man. I appreciate how tough you are. I, I can't imagine going through the path you went through. You're you're the only person I've ever talked to that has beat, beaten a Gracie. Uh, and you, you're definitely in my top 1% for toughest, uh, toughest dudes. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad Rich connected us, man. I appreciate you doing this. Hell yeah. No problem, man. It was fun. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.